Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. It's a Dapper Devil production, see? Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, another episode. Oh, uh, man, you didn't say what I thought you were going to say. Oh, no. Okay, well, well I'll finish. the title of the show is Glee. Glee. Aggressive. Aggressive. My name is Karina Stokes. My name is Ian Brodsky. What joke did you think I was going to make? I thought you were going to say, and welcome to a very sexy episode of Glee I, Aggressive. Here's the thing. Despite the fact that we are today here talking about season two, episode 15, entitled Sexy, I thought this was perhaps, like, the least sexy piece of media I could have ever watched. <laughs> I don't disagree. The sex appeal in this episode is not high. Um, it, it's, 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 it's a good lukewarm, at best. This was, oh, this episode originally aired March 8th of 2011, so that's where we All are. Right timeline wise can, sorry and i don't mean to interrupt but can i before we even get any further i feel Please. like i need to tell you as our girl maureen johnson from rent said mm-hmm. last night i had a dream mm-hmm. i found myself in a swamp okay called mr schuster's house because <gasps> mr schuster apparently lived in shrek's hut or whatever oh my god and the the dream started with you and me having finished an episode of this podcast, and we had to take your car, drive not Naya Rivera and Corridor Street home, and right. like and Heather Morrison, but Brittany Santana and Sam. We had to drive them drive them home home from Mister Shoe's house in Shrek's swamp. What kind of fucking fever dream life were you living? <laughs> this is normal for my dreams. I shit you not. Jesus, that's like a borderline nightmare. <laughs> it was wild. That wasn't even the weirdest part of the dream. Somehow, like, my day job people ended up in there. And, like, we were on a train that, like, went into an airport. And I got picked up because the guy, like, my chauffeur, whatever, my driver that was picking me up had my vaccination card. Oh. Like, he flashed my vaccination card, and I was like, yep, that's me. Great, let's go. <laughs> I remember very specific few things about this, but these are them. All I can anyway. think about now is the opening shots of Shrek, except it's Matthew Morrison bursting out of his swamp outhouse, <laughs> and, he's, and he's singing a cover of um, All Star. All Star. Matthew Morrison's cover of All Star, which no one asked for. Which no one, no one asked for. But knowing the way that our podcasting career has gone, we're, we're about to get it. Yeah, Matthew we've Morrison. accidentally manifested He's this. also still dressed as the, sh- uh, the Grinch for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> he got confused about which property he was in. very confused. You read my mind. Um. So, anyway. talking about this episode of Glee, I'm going to say right now that if last episode, Blame It on the Alcohol, is, like, an iconic one that sticks in my brain, this is one that, like, I don't remember. I, like, I saw the title and I was, like, got nothing, don't really remember what it's going to be about, who's in it. This is one, this is a repressor for sure. You watch this and you're like, I hope I never remember what happened. <laughs> I was, like, fine with it overall, but my first note here is that the thumbnail, because, of course, we have to watch this on YouTube yeah. now because it's no longer streaming. The thumbnail is Santana, Holly Holiday, and Brittany 
with I thought I thought Finn was in the back of that thumbnail drumming on a guitar. Oh, it was not. No, it was not him. I was wrong, but we'll get to that. Very little Finn in this episode. I'm going to say that up top. Interesting. It's like Cory Monty right. wasn't super available this week, and so they just worked without him. But I will say, this had some of the funniest moments of the series so far for me. This episode was, I don't know why, I found it a little, I found it most of the time more cringe than it needed to be. I don't blame you. It had cringe factor. It had big cringe energy. Big cringe energy. Um, There's no recap this week, and I think the title alone is foreboding enough, so you just kind of yep. dive in. and you're. <laughs> you really dive in because you start off with the Celebacy Club up top. I was, like, already in. I was like, I can't believe we're in Celibacy Club. I can't believe that Rachel and Quinn are here. And then it pans up to Emma. And then the fact that what it's worse is it's just the three of them. Just <laughs> the three of them. And while to me, I'm sure we'll talk about it more as we go, that Emma is the president of the Celibacy Club. Yeah. After having, like, given Finn all of this advice on, like, well, the, the, the grilled cheese sandwich didn't right didn't allow you to touch rachel's boobs she did a lot of this episode is sort of the like culmination of a lot of i would just say almost like infantilizing of emma like since we had this since we've had this reveal last season i guess yeah it was last season that yeah that she's an adult virgin which like we didn't need to know and we certainly didn't need to spend this much time in this episode talking about it that now suddenly it's become more from like Emma's someone who just hasn't found a person she wants to have sex with to like, and like maybe they're trying to imply that there's a correlation between her her OCD and like her newfound apparently total yeah. her total fear of sex. It's no longer just like I'm I'm not ready. It's like an outright phobia. It seems she literally calls a penis the hose monster. Yeah, she calls it the hose monster, and at one point she says a line like. And we'll get to it later, but she's like, sex is not for kids and it's not for adults. Like, she's like, it's no longer, like, uh, I'm an adult who just doesn't feel ready to have sex. It's like she's a fucking afraid of it, and it's right. very weird. And this episode, if the last episode was very much the after-school special episode of Glee talking mm-hmm. about alcohol, yep. this is very much that, but with sex education. I said the same thing when I was talking to Zach earlier today. I'm like, this has big yeah. after-school special Glee tackles teen sex having. Right. <laughs> Which is wild because, like, the whole episode talks about how everybody is so ignorant about sex education which like sure you can absolutely argue maybe there's communities in ohio it's kind of a hit or miss state that just don't know but we have had so much sex talk up to this point of the series there are very few virgins involved here i know it seems weird that now is the point where we're like actually none of them know anything about sex yes as advisor of the chastity club or the celibacy club yeah Emma decides we're going to do chastity charms. Oh my god, I died. Which I, I thought of you during that because <laughs> it, it reminded me of Sam being like, here's a promise ring, it's except so... it was around your neck. Yeah, you wear you wear the lock around the lock. It's like one of those like fashion necklaces where you have one that's very short and one that's long, except the idea is you wear this long lock chain that like basically is a heart that points to your vagina and you give the key to presumably the man because it's a very heteronormative concept mm-hmm. and th- that's your agreement not to un- don't unlock it right what i will say though is wild character choice but jama mays in this scene ate this 
She yes. was she was like committed. Like she had these lines like, Why be curious? Wait until your honeymoon, maybe later. Celibacy yeah. ladies, dig it. She's fully so spiraling. Funny. She's fully spiraling as a character, but the actress is like doing it. It's great. Yes. We cut to the teacher's lounge. Yeah. Between I guess um is that between Emma and Will? It's Emma and Will like Emma is talking about how apparently her chastity charms backfired because people were using them as, as nipple, nipple rings, rings, which I don't even understand how that would work. It, that, that math didn't math to me. But Will says to her regarding, like, you know, fighting abstinence is tough. Keep fighting the good fight. And I was like, this is... this." Will saying keep fighting the good fight in regards to teaching abstinence. And in Emma's case, basically, abstinence only. A, a method we know as a country does not work. Right. I was like, I know this wasn't who wrote it, but this feels like it was written by, like, Christian camp propaganda people. Right. Like, I can't help but wonder if the families in middle America had started watching Glee and were and... like, this needs to be, like, if my teenager's gonna watch this show... They need right. to learn the right things, America, values, you know, yeah, and Ryan Murphy was like, okay, fine, we'll do you one. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a little of the same vibes of Grilled Cheeses, where they were trying to be like, it's okay if you believe in God and not, like, they were trying to ride the line between, like, oh, abstinence is cool, but also we should, like, teach or inform our kids about practicing safe sex. It's like they were trying to ride that line, but I don't think it always right correctly. It was definitely a wobbly tightrope of sorts. Yeah. But I totally agree with you. Um, also, going back to Will, he says, I'm happy to help make fight, uh, I'm happy to help fight to make celibacy an option for these kids. And I just wrote, what the fuck, Schuster? Yeah, he shouldn't be doing that. Oh, God. And then he also mentions, like, if if there had been practiced, like, abstinence properly taught, uh, at least one person wouldn't have had a teen pregnancy. And I was like, okay. You're Oof. literally, like... You literally don't want to think that maybe Quinn's pregnancy could have prevented if, I don't know, she knew literally anything about safe sex and, like, any like any other option. And my problem with it is that, like, not that it's implied that she understands safe sex or whatever. Right. But there is an understanding in, like, very early season one, when we know Quinn is pregnant, we know Puck is the father. Yeah. That there is, there is an, an understanding of what they were doing. Right. Yeah. Like, I kind of find it hard to believe that, like, oh, well, abstinence only or bust, therefore Quinn's pregnant. Right, right. Like, yeah, it's, it to me, it sounds like the kind of, like, trope community where you're like, they're going to have sex, but they didn't know that they could use a condom because that was never right. explained to them as, like, an important thing. Sex is something I, you're I, just not supposed to do, and if you do do it, well look what happens and and listeners correct us if we're wrong or even karina correct me if i'm wrong yeah. but i don't even feel like i remember a condom conversation in that aforementioned quinn conversation like no. i feel like like no. I, I know wait was there there's condoms are brought up later in the episode very shortly after yeah but, but i'm trying to think all the way back to like when quinn was like you got me drunk on wine coolers and i felt no, fat. there was like, never any like conversation that about them having used any sort of birth control or protection. Okay. Um, but enter Holly Holiday. Yeah! And I'll say it up top. I would. I want to see the spinoff series of Holly Holiday just 
being a terrible teacher but having charisma out the asshole and getting away with it that's truly what this episode is she comes in she immediately says the phrase the herp um and she's like oh talking about abstinence sounds pretty lame and i was like okay Gwyneth Paltrow's here to save us apparently yeah and then Will is so excited to see her. He gets up and squishes her face like she's a baby, which I thought was yeah. a super weird way to greet a woman. Will is also a wild card in this episode, too. Yeah. He is all of a sudden, I know, like, someone says, I, I guess it's Holly that probably says, Will, shut up and calm down. You're acting like a 12-year-old schoolgirl with a crush. Yeah. That was his energy this episode. Fully, fully. He's all, like, on Emma's, like, I'm ready. I'm here to fight the good fight for abstinence. And then Holly's here, and he's like, what if I write sexy on a whiteboard? And <laughs> Right. And they absolutely do. Will is, in, a, in an episode about sex, Will is fully being led by the dick this episode. So yes, it, he is yes. thinking with that because of his terrible sex life, I guess. So first, just to recap, she talks about how the Glee Club kids tend to be the most clueless, even though, right. as we just discussed, there's a lot of non-virginity in, in the traditional sense of the word. Yeah. Um, and they cut to her giving the banana speech, the Dr. Ruth speech, yes. but with a cucumber. Yep. And that freaks every Glee kid out, apparently. Right. She's, um, like, doing the condom demonstration, and she mentions specifically how they can help prevent the spread of AIDS. Yes. And Finn, th- fucking, fucking Finn in the classroom goes, cucumbers can give you AIDS? The facepalm was giant, because then Mercedes is like, oh, no, I just ate some of my salad. And you're like... This is weird. That's so weird. And like, again, splitting hairs, but I do not believe Mercedes would believe that. Mercedes no. is relatively smart. Well, I mean, they do they did have the vegetable ignorance because remember back in that episode where well, Sue was like, what is this? And she holds up broccoli and Mercedes just goes toilet brush. So I guess. Right. <laughs> the, the Glee kids are as knowledgeable as the show needs them to be at any given right. time. I guess. Out of convenience. Yeah. As long as it serves the plot. Um, I guess, like, and also Holly's like, I don't want to steal their innocence. And at the same time, I'm like, Emma, you know what goes on around here because you've talked with so many of these kids. We've seen your pamphlets. We know that you know that they know that you know what goes on. So Um, Emma, Emma in this scene at the end of this, after she finds out that Holly is, like, teaching sex ed to kids... Something that presumably is part of, like, the curriculum, so I don't know why she's startled. Um, she comes in with this energy, like, this might be when, when she's talking about kids are the kids shouldn't even be learning about this. We're, we're taking away their innocence. It's Right. She, like, definitely says we're taking away their innocence. And really the energy she is coming at right now is the energy that, like, so many parents are coming at, like, school libraries at right now where they're like, there shouldn't be any books that even mention this like by having books in the library that mention the word sex you're giving our children porn and it's just like i will not stand for this energy from emma because it's so like it's basic i'm gonna say it's ignorant i know it's supposed to be like emma's afraid of sex so she's not coming at this from a a non-biased source but it made me like oh it made me angry at the moment in the in the moment right and emma had always been sort of the grounding character out of everybody she had always been the most grounded so to have this as her character game this time yeah not the greatest move lost it for sure but yeah and then um gwyneth paltrow exits by saying i'm about to go have crazy sex because i'm (laughs) crazy informed about it funny yes very funny 
She's a good. She's a good addition to this to this show. I, I like as we spoke the last time we had her. We don't know about how she doesn't write anything else, but she's right. fun here. Um, did you notice that Britney has her own magazine cover in her locker? I did not. I didn't collect anything in Britney's locker. I yeah. Um, that was the one thing I noticed. Good for her. She's an influencer. Yeah, it's from her days being Rachel Berry. That exactly. it spread, and she did say she had an interview with like Teen Vogue or whatever. So it, it actually yeah. totally checks out. One point for continuity. Yes. Um, um, Santana is looking to spend some time with Brittany, so that's still enough of a plot. She comes up asking to get her cuddle on. Unclear if she's still with Sam at this point, but whatever. she clearly doesn't care. And um, this is where we learn that Brittany is maybe pregnant. Brittany believes she is pregnant, yes. But see, the thing with this is she says, um, I'm afraid I have a bun in the oven. And I thought this was going to be a long con about baking somehow. <laughs> that she's in home ec class and she literally left a bun in the oven. Right. And this was going to be a whole, like, pregnancy scary episode, but really it's just, no, Brittany's excellent at making cinnamon rolls. And like... Brittany doesn't understand idioms, so. Right. <laughs> but no, she... She apparently drops this to Santana, and she was like, don't tell and, anyone. And, of course, because it's the hallway, uh, it spreads immediately. Everybody knows within 30 seconds, and that sequence was A+. It was so good. And then you, it ends with Lauren's eyes. He's telling Artie, um, calling him, like, a baby daddy. And then it just right. cuts to Artie's terrified face, and then, like, smash cuts to that same Artie expression, but now they're in Glee Club. Even Will is like... Artie, are you okay? And in Glee Club, Brittany essentially announces, like, well, one of them announces, like, Brittany may be pregnant. Right. This is where we find out that, like, she doesn't know, she doesn't understand, like, sex education, as it were, even though, like, it's assumed that she has had sex right. with every guy in the school or whatever. Brittany, and... the reason Brittany believes she's pregnant is because... She looked out her window, and on top of her garage was a stork making a nest. Right. And she's like, the stork is bringing my baby. It's a very much like, she's got those Cindy Lou Who vibes where she's like... Right. It was magic comb energy. It has magic comb energy. She believes that the stork is bringing... And you can see everyone like looking at her extremely incredulously, which means at least everyone else in this room appears to know where babies come from. I uh, will say... At least, thank God, this wasn't a Britney is dumb plot line because no. that would have been heartbreaking. Thank God it wasn't. It is that. sort of like a weird throwaway joke about Britney not knowing where babies come from, but they don't right. delve deeper into it. My question is: it, Do storks even do that? I thought storks were water birds. My question is: Why is regionals in a week and you're only now solidifying your set list? Oh my God! And then later he's going to be like, "What we're doing for this week isn't preparing for regionals at all," and I'm like. <laughs> This is this is a bad plan, it's Will. Bonkers! What the fuck? Hey, Will, this is a bad plan. But instead of fleshing out your regionals material and you know drawing boundaries like a teacher, we have to cut to Holly's calisthenics class. Hold on, let's let's talk about that. Is Holly Holiday <laughs> teaching an adult jazzercise class in the school? What fucking time is it, first of all? Is she legally... She's a substitute teacher. I don't think you're allowed to whore out your classroom to teach jazzercise to adults in... That's two. At who knows what time it is in the day. Like, does she give any fucks? I guess the point is no, she doesn't, but... 
Right. It seems weirdly illegal to be able to do that. And meanwhile, they're like mid like routine or whatever. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, we got to teach these kids about sex education. And there's presumably other members of the faculty, faculty? in that room with them. I guess that would make more sense if she's like, I'm going to host a teacher jazzercise class. For, for some reason, I thought it was like a faculty jazzercise class. I don't know if I That made would that make up. a hell of a lot more sense than her just letting random adults into a school at an unknown time of day to teach them jazzercise. And in, like, explaining it, she comes up with this idea that uh, equates sort of Jessica Seinfeld's cookbook or something, her, mm-hmm. her book, where she mentions that you want to get, you want to hide the veggies in the food yeah. so that your children don't know that right. they're eating healthy. Right. You blend up spinach and hide it in the tomato sauce. They can't see it, but they're right. going to eat it. Yeah. Right. So they're going to do that, but with sex ed. Here's the thing. They keep talking about, like, all this fear that, like, this is what Emma's kind of talking about, and even Will brings it up, and Holly sort of agrees that, like, the idea of teaching sex ed, learning sex ed is too, essentially, like, titillating for these high school students. Right. I don't know about you, but my public school sex education was not provocative in the least. No. Nothing about it was, like, I think... I think I will go out and do more of the sex after learning about what a dental dam is from a like a forty-year-old white woman. Like, oh, all of my all of my sex education teachers were in their sixties. Yeah, and it started at like twelve, like sixth grade. You're like, you just get here's what's up. Yep. For me, I think it's like fifth grade. They separate you out because they're like, yep, boys same. go here and to. then girls go over here. And then they're like, guess what, girls? You're going to get a period soon. And you're like, that sounds yeah. awful. Thanks for letting me know. And then it's just like, here's all the STIs. Here's what sex is. Here's how to not get pregnant. And no part of it would I ever describe it as provocative. I just remember in eighth grade one day, one of the dudes being like, are we going to learn about sex ed here? Are we going to want like... Are we going to watch videos? And the teacher responds, we're not going to watch porn, Richie. <laughs> right. God. <laughs> I would have quit school if at any point during sex ed. I would have got home and been like, hey, hey, parents, I have to quit school. <laughs> Why is that, Karina? Oh, because they showed me porn in my sex ed class. <laughs> no, we just had a quiz. I, we did have a quiz where a lot of different, like a variety of contraceptive devices were laid out on a desk and part of the test was you went up with like a piece of paper and each of the contraceptive devices was labeled and you had to fill in on your test like which one was which Mm. so you're like this one's a condom this one's a dental dam this one's a diaphragm and you just learn them all and then and that was it that was like the maybe perhaps the most provocative part of it <laughs> just a display of a diaphragm a display a nice a diaphragm sitting gently on a on a school desk <laughs> right next to the female condom and you're like oh. oh my god and so before cutting to the aforementioned sexy on a whiteboard um we have will being like well my dating life lol right now i'm the presidency of the celibacy club and holly holiday being like well, what a waste of a fine man. And I'm like, okay. I did not. I could, I could see I could see a Holly Will romantic yeah. plot line. But like this? The thing is. Ryan. The thing is, I don't want to know. I'm not watching Glee to learn anything about Will, sex, Will Schuster's sex life. Fair. Like, that's not why. I don't think anyone was coming to Glee to learn about the details of Will Schuster's sex life. And then. Right. He says this. 
They have like a little bit of like what one might call a mini flirt. And then we cut to him writing sexy on a whiteboard. And he says it. He says it in such a tone that is so unpleasant to hear your teacher say. Because it's like, I don't remember exactly how he does it, but he puts too much juice on it. And it's too much sauce. Yeah. And every student there is us going, um, oh. is this the time and place? Yeah. And then Rachel literally says, like, I wrote down. I think this is a bad idea and probably not the right form for this lesson. Yes. And then literally the next minute, Rachel goes, are you sure this is an appropriate form for this? So I'm like, if you made me agree with Rachel Berry, I, this is a bad idea. <laughs> We're well, in a bad place. This is the bad place. We're in the bad place. Um, and then, of course, Holly Holiday walks in. Hilarious that Mercedes was like, oh, no, it's the salad lady. I know. Terrible character choices, but very funny. Uh, um, Holly goes on to describe sex as just like hugging, only, only wetter. wetter. See, this is the scene that actually I was like, okay, I will give Glee credit where credit's due because I don't think I have laughed so much <laughs> this whole season and a half as I did at this scene. I I was just, that was me going like, this is going to be a long episode. Finn bring, uh, Holly brings up Finn's hot tub thing. Like, you thought, like jizzing in a hot tub was gonna like made your girlfriend right, pregnant right. right and he responds i always have been dubious <laughs> and schuster slams the piano on one yep. side i cackled schuster like all of his physical reactions to hearing it's like he was like yes in his sex induced haze he was like letting holly teach these kids about sex is a good idea and now he's like physically reacting to it right and it's um it's it's very funny it does it did just occur to me that at some point, that means Will must have told, or Finn must have told Will, I got Quinn pregnant by accidentally coming in a hot tub. And that means that Will has since shared that very personal detail with Holly. Counterpoint, knowing how literally, wait, no, oh no, I was confusing her for Kristen Chenoweth for a second. No. Never mind, you're right. No, that means Will was like, get this, one of my students is so dumb, he thought he got a girl pregnant because he jizzed in a hot tub, and she was like, I will use this, and now tell everyone about it. <laughs> and I could totally imagine her being like, it was Finn and Quinn, right? Right. And he's like, yeah, I can't even, I can't even. I can't, like, wait, how many of my students have gotten pregnant? Yeah. Right. Also, um, and then at one point, like, Rachel, I think Rachel brings it up, being like, well, what about those of us who have chosen to remain celibate? And then Holly Holiday, like, straight up is like, I mean, yeah, it's your choice, but it makes you sound pretty frigid. And I'm like, girl, right. you can't say that to a student. A student. You can't tell a 16-year-old girl. You can't tell a 16-year-old girl. I guess you don't have to have sex if you don't want, but it makes you kind of frigid. No! No. It, I think that's almost worse than slut-shaming. Like, ugh, I was Celibacy-shaming. Celibacy-shaming. And then um, the second part of that beat was something like, Brittany, you think the stork, you think this uh, babies come from the stork? And she responds, I get my information from Woody Woodpecker cartoons. And she slams the other side yep. of the piano in reaction. So... Funny. Ugh. Ugh. Then it's time to sneak the sex into your lesson, which <laughs> here's the thing. They do a good song. Here's the thing. I don't. I don't think anything about this song is subtly sneaking sex into a into a musical number. I don't think anything about it is educational and either. It's neither subtle nor educational. It's just <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow singing Joan Jett's like "Do You Want to Touch Me?" I think is what it's called. Yeah, "Do You Want to Touch Me?" Um, great song, 
But it's, like I said, it's not subtle, and it's not education. I guess it's just the sex part. It's just the sex part, and this is truly, like, Sex Riot Part 2. Yeah. Because from the jump, every teenager is ready to go. Right. Well, like, Gwyneth Paltrow has been teaching this whole thing in a very leather-based outfit, which is a bold choice for a, a school outfit. Um, and then immediately Santana and Brittany get up and start, like, sexy hair dancing with her. And then at the dramatic chorus of Do You Want to Touch, um, they start a basically bodice ripping. Um, thank goodness every girl wore some kind of cardigan blazer or jacket this is today so they could all rip it open to reveal their camisoles underneath because it's 2011 and all we did was wear camisoles underneath other things but just remember as we discussed with rascal that was a budget requirement right they're like everyone wear your cardigans today you're gonna have to rip them open like you're a bodice ripper right. uh romance i think novel. even like sam or Artie or someone like kind of does the yeah. same thing or maybe, maybe mike, mike chang. chang like with their with their like plaid over their, shirt or whatever yeah. so all the girls are running around ripping their shirts open even rachel and quinn get into it it's a good song will looks visibly uncomfortable frankly i think as he should because as you should as we were he like at one point he they cut over to him and he's written on like a notebook like too, too much? much and like he holds it up to his too. face and it, you can just see his nose and his giant doe eyes like how we yeah will realizing he's made a mistake perhaps because right. this is not he invited holly fucking holiday to teach sex ed through music right and it's not actually I, working out i do not buy for a goddamn second in any educational setting real or fictional that they're like yeah so in order to teach these kids sex education we're gonna sing about it the way we solve the rest of our problems you know maybe some things maybe some things just can't be taught through song <laughs> I'm beginning to think that you can't just teach everything through <laughs> through songs. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, well, there, oh, I stand corrected. <laughs> anyway, it ends with, uh, well, first of all, before we I even get to that yeah. point, extras passing back and forth like nothing is going oh on. Oh my there. god! Imagine you walk past the chorus room. And, well, I was about to say, imagine you walk past the chorus room and a sex riot's happening, but there's some times when that's sort of just the norm for a chorus room. Sexually active theater kids is a thing. It is. 100%. But still, on the school grounds, in broad daylight with uh, technically two faculty members Yeah, and there. everyone's trying Three to Three if their, you want to include Brad, I guess. Everyone's trying to take their shirt off, and you're like, this is... I should tell someone... There's no way Higgins is not bounding down the hallway. Like, you have... Higgins is afraid of, um, sex on a normal day. He's not like, you have to stop this. We cannot right. teach them sex education. <laughs> you saw what happened when you guys sang Push It in episode one. Right, or Toxic in that other episode. <laughs> right. And so then they end it with, so just remember, kids, whenever you have sex with someone, you're having sex with everyone they've had sex with. Which was quite the one-two punch. Yeah, which is... Also kind of slut-shamey. Um, yeah. Yeah, because really, she's just... like, everyone's got a rando. I'm like, you are making so many assumptions right now, and I hate all of them. You're really not <laughs> qualified to be a sex ed teacher. Which Again, is... I want to see this spinoff series. I am I, obsessed with it. Right. I guess the point is she's not a good teacher, but still. Right. Cut to the coffee shop. Yes. Where... We open on Sue Sylvester going, well, if it, is, it, if it isn't my sweet, sweet porcelain. Yes. Um, everything 
about this scene was this was the funniest scene in the show this episode to me um uh, absolutely i see that why sue I see comes why. in sue is like hello kurt and blaine um she first of all she's like they're like why are you here and she's like oh i'm here to pick up some coffee i like my enemas piping hot and you're like wow <laughs> wow that's what we're starting with um and in, in actuality she has come because she heard this is where they hang out and uh she is here to pass along the message that new directions is doing a new sexified number for regionals and that apparently mm-hmm. this is something the judges are looking for while she is explaining this to them she has a cup of coffee that she has dumped every sugar into including the wrappers she like opens four yep. packs of sugars dumps it in drops the wrappers in and then like more sugar into that and then she tells them about the sexy thing and goes so what do you have for me and they're like nothing we're we not didn't, in cahoots we didn't make a plan for this we, you just told us <laughs> she, and she goes oh i probably should have done that first before just telling you my info and then she and just then like, she goes porcelain you just made a powerful enemy <laughs> she goes enema and then says enemy yes yeah oh my god I can only imagine that was Jane Lynch, it not was, Sue Sylvester, making so that, perfect. making those sugar choices. Chef's kiss. Every character choice, especially the part where she's like quid pro quo, and they're like, "We didn't, no, we didn't agree to that." <laughs> and then like, she leaves, and Kurt's looking at this situation like, first of all, Kurt is trying to like sort of explain to Blaine like she's just sort of like this, like don't right, and she, like Kurt goes to unpack this whole interaction. Instead, he sees Blaine being like, we need to be more sexy. And I can only imagine, I can only imagine Kurt standing there being like, we literally wear blazers, but okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, suddenly. But go off, I guess. Blaine is like entranced by this new, we need to sexify the warblers message, which is a tall order because they're an acapella group, but. Yeah, we'll okay. get to that, too. we will get to that. Oh, man. Can we just blaze through? Okay, Emma confronts Will. Yes. They're teaching through song. Emma has been invited to sing a counter-argument. We'll get to that, Okay, too. this is when the point, though. First of all, note in this scene, Coach Beast is here. She is once again eating a full rotisserie chicken. Eating a whole chicken. This is when I was like, when he was like, I know, you want to teach abstinence? Why don't you sing a song about it? And I'm like, this is not the solution. You can't just right. come up and sing a song about not fucking and ex- ex- expect it to do anything, even more so than Holly singing a song about touching is fucking, doing anything. Yeah. Like, you guys, this this is not an effective teaching method. You have to stop solving right. all your problems through song. <laughs> um, then we cut to the hallway. Lauren wants to make a sex tape. She wants to be a Kardashian. She doesn't want to be like Rachel Berry, who is an actor. She, w- she just she wants, wants fame to be for a fame. celebrity. Fame for fame's sake. Yes. Uh, this is an uncomfortable plot. We will talk about it more later. Oh, boy, we will. But instead, let's cut to the next scene, which is in, hey, where'd they get that warehouse? <laughs> I was going to say, is it a barn? Is it a warehouse? Is it both? And where is Somehow, it? Somehow the Warblers have acquired a warehouse full of scaffolding as though they found an abandoned rent set and just, like, went with it. <laughs> yeah, that community theater production of Rent just gave up on strike. Right, and so now they have this scaffolding and... The warblers are here, and you know, you know, when I think sex, I think of a neon trees song. Oh, Jesus, thank you for that, because this, 
this is the song you choose? Right. So, like, it opens up that Blaine has invited pr- about six girls from the neighboring school to be like... The sister school, yeah. Rate us on our sex appeal. Ugh, okay. Um, and then they all climb up into the st- scaffolding <laughs> and decide to sing a very 2011 song, um, yeah. Animal, or is it Animals? It might be. Let me see, because it's just one. One Animal um, by Neon Trees. Uh, a song that yeah. I generally like, but did not particularly like in this context. Also, just very much like that was from 2011, and we kind of just left it there. Interesting note about this. Um, apparently, Darren Chris actually brought this song to the show. I think it said like he saw them at Coachella mm. and was like, "Hey, we should um sing this song." Let me, I can find out. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Darren Chris approached the band at Coachella. Uh. And thanked them for letting them use the song because he was the one who suggested it to Ryan Murphy. So okay. he did not discover them at Coachella and bring the song, but he did approach them at Coachella and was like, hey, I got to sing your song on Glee. Thank you for doing that. Um, and then they found out for what purpose and they were like, really? Here's the thing. Acapella is not inherently unsexy, but in this case, it did not work. It opens up with them like doing acapella backing notes so it's just a bunch of men going nee 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 into your ears and you're like <laughs> i'm like you're right it's awful it doesn't sound sexy at all it sounds like a bunch of it men doesn't... trying to pretend to be a bass guitar with their mouth and here and here was the existential crisis i had that i did not need to have when i was watching yes. this not that pitch perfect is like the pinnacle of sex appeal no. but that was considerably sexier acapella than this. Yeah, it was. I think it's because like, they weren't all wearing prep school blazers, for one. Maybe. And, like, maybe they just had better arrangements or something. I don't I know. I implore but... en- everyone to listen to just, like, the first 15 seconds of this performance, and you will be like, this is not a sexy performance vocally. Right. Especially then you got some guy doing cartwheels out of nowhere. Yeah. Also, it's <laughs> so heavily auto-tuned. Yes. Especially on Kurt. Um, yes. Which felt weird. Um, yeah, they're just like we get climbing all over the scaffolding. Kurt's doing a lot of like growl, growl like, hands. I know the point's supposed to be like, that Kurt doesn't know how yeah. to be sexy. Although I didn't enjoy watching Blaine particularly either. It's just like... Nothing about this was fun, no. and I did not believe for a second that those girls were like, yeah, this is exactly what I want They out were of a going guy. into, like, Beatlemania mode as soon as they started for singing, what? and I'm like, for what? Um, for what? And, okay, I'm like, okay, um, Chekhov's foam cannon? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think they brought the foam back. And... They didn't, but... I don't... I saw that, and I was like... And that was just my note. Um, <laughs> and then some dude was breakdancing... In it, and I was like, "That's not safe." My only note about the foam was, "Man, I should have gone to that foam party because um, <laughs> that was also 2011." It was 2011 when I, me and uh, Sarah were sitting in her like in her dorm room, and the two across the hall neighbors were like, "Hello, strangers! Do you want to come to a foam party with us?" And we almost said yes. We almost did. I think it was around Halloween because I think we might have been wearing like face paint and had cat ears on. And we were like, right. no. And to this day, we are both like, man, we should have just fucking 
left. I think we were Absolutely. actually in the middle of hanging out with probably all of our other friends, and we were like, we can't just leave. But we were like, we should have just fucking ghosted and gone and found out what going to the phone party would have been like. I'll never know. Right. Blaine and Kurt discuss how he has no sex appeal, and they're gonna work. Yeah, on like that. if okay. they s- stop singing, Blaine accepts several numbers from these girls, and then is like, "JK, I'm gay." Like, they're like bummer, dude. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and then <laughs> Kurt is not sexy enough for acapella, apparently, which is a sentence no one said before. But I guess we cut to Britanna. Mm-hmm. Brittany, to her credit, talks about how she likes being with Artie yeah. because she can talk about her feelings, and they can. I, I this was this was where I was like, oh, I genuinely like this relationship. Like they have just a very like wholesome, healthy relationship outside of the whole Brittany doesn't. Right. Brittany has had sex, but also doesn't know where babies come from? Question mark kind of thing. The anyway. sweetest thing on this show is like. Britney basically saying with feelings it's better like I would yes. my heart melted at that because she's not like saying that she doesn't like like what she she has with Santana she just is like well with Artie we talk about how we feel and that I I've learned that having that element in my relationship is actually um like really good for me and she just wants like she's trying yeah. to ask Santana to DTR she wants to define the relationship because she's confused but like clearly has some like clearly loves Santana but just is confused about where they stand at because Santana's giving her all sorts of mixed signals she doesn't get with Artie. Right. To your confusing point, she says this relationship is confusing to me but breakfast is confusing for you. Right. Santana's like a little bit... Yeah, she's a little out of pocket here but brilliant following line which is sometimes it's salty, sometimes it's sweet. If I eat eggs for dinner, what is it? And you know what? All those are fucking good points, Brittany. You're right. All those are... All of those are great points. All brilliant. She's she's really 4D chess over here. Cut to Puck and Lauren planning their Here's sex the tape in the library. We cut to what I believe is Puck and Lauren watching Kim Kardashian's Kim Kardashian sex tape at school on the school Wi-Fi? No. Absolutely not. No. No. Did they get a DVD uh, I know of for it a fact. bring it in and or do they have a hard like a hard disk drive there? And then Holly has to be the one to come break it up because if you two, Lauren and Puck, make a sex tape, here it goes, everyone. That's child pornography. And everyone in the audience went, oh, no. Oh, no. It's like the worst kind of foreshadowing in the world. The worst kind of manifest. We don't like that. We don't want it. And I don't really want to discuss it anymore. But that's enough. I don't think Thank we... goodness. That's enough to, to say for Puck and Lauren to be like, this is a bad idea. We're not doing it. And they don't really talk about it again. Yep. Thank God. Because that's not a plot we yep. needed to dwell on. Agreed. There is the one offline with her, her sex tape with J.D. Salinger was a disaster. Okay. Yeah. That's a weird. Isn't that the author of Catcher yes, in the Rye? Yes, it is. What's she doing with, say, with J.D. Salinger? I thought he was a recluse. I thought he was dead. Oh, uh, he is now, I believe. Okay. J.D. Salinger dead? Oh, my Google searches are going to be off the... <laughs> yeah, your algorithm, I fuck dude. it up every single day. Yeah, he died in 2010. So I guess okay. maybe he wasn't dead when they filmed this, but... Because he died in January of 20, 2010. So maybe it was just a poorly timed joke. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, well. Uh. Yikes. Anyway, Brittany asks Holly for help. Yeah, and 
I do like that they felt, even though I have questions about Holly's teaching ability, it's nice that she was an adult that Santana and Brittany felt comfortable enough to go and talk about this with. Absolutely. Um, And I guess, like, that is, that's kind of in line with their characters. Like, they're going to ask this wild woman for help. Right, they don't want to go talk Um, to Emma, who's, like, can't even say the word penis. Like... Right. They want to talk to this woman who's um, clearly got a handle on who has sexy a relationship. Who has a sacred sexy sharing circle. Yes. Uh, this sex- sharing circle brings up our mention of Shrub Tana. Shout out to yes. uh, Gleek of the Week. Shout out to Gleek of the Week. Because I was like, there it is, Shrub Tana. There it was. The second that she, that she talked about it, I was like, oh, I remember yes, this. Yes, there it is. We've come full circle, I guess. Pay off. Um, yeah. From and us. it comes from Santana being like, I don't fucking know what my sexuality is i it's all over the place like that shrub once i had a sex dream about yeah. a shrub yeah um i don't know exactly oh holly says that she went to an all-girls school where the right number one uh, like manufacturing was like softball equipment um really sounds like uh holly is making in the show is making a smith college joke um right or a Wellesley kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, like, Smith College is an all-girls school based in Northampton, Massachusetts, which is literally the lesbian capital of the world. There was an article written about it that was like, they should just change the name of the town to Lesbianville. So, ah. I mean, to be fair, it, they're right. Um, there's a lot of... I, I'm... Right. Northampton's a very lesbian-heavy um, community, and we love that for them. Um... So maybe that's Yay. where the vibes were going. I don't know. And then she was like, you know what you should do to sort out your confusing feelings about your teenage sexuality? Why don't you sing a song about it? And I'm like, at this point, I'm like, no, no, surely there's more to it than just. Please don't. Oh, you think you might have, you might be bisexual or a lesbian? I know what will help you work through these feelings. A nice song. Stevie right? Nicks. Stevie Nicks will fix everything. The, not even, like, and arguably not even Stevie Nicks. The Dixie Chicks, now the yes, Chicks. Yes, the Chicks is iconic cover of the song they sing. But I was like, this, yes. I think they maybe just need to talk about things, maybe talk more. Right. But no, yeah, let's sing a song in front of the rest of the Glee Club to help us work this out. We'll get to it. <laughs> we'll get to it, because first we have to talk about Blaine trying to make help Kurt make sexy faces. Yeah, and like, he can't do it. He's like, I'm uncomfortable with this. He talks for a while some... about how uncomfortable porn makes him. I'm like, that's great. I didn't really yes. want to hear you talk about it for so long, but right. And like that's and that's why Kurt loves like musicals and like classic like right. He likes um, romance. He likes romance where like the touch of the fingers is like super sexy and like to be fair, that can be very right. sexy like in that context. Um, but then he kicks Blaine out and right I was because like, okay. well like. Blaine was basically, like, trying to go ahead and be like, fine, if you need me to be the person you talk about sex with, I can do that for you. And Kurt was, I think, understandably, like, no, I don't want that to be part of our friendship, especially because only a couple episodes ago he admitted to Blaine that he had feelings for him. So I could it would be pretty uncomfortable to be like, let me talk to the man I have a crush on about the intricacies of gay sex. Like, not a vibe, Blaine, so. Cut to kiss by prince yeah. as a tango here's the thing uh, like holly walks in will says the phrase i'm trying to i'm trying to think of something good for the sexy lesson and i'm like i don't like the phrase the sexy lesson no. um 
Nope. And my my the bad vibes were not alleviated when we cut to the close of of him of doing the opening like uh, of of Prince's kiss because it it was right. gross. Here's my here's the thing yep. with this. Okay, well first of all, I imagine this was the one where he kicked down the writers' room door and was like, "I need a song." Right. I need to show off my falsetto. And I need to show off the fact that I can dance. Remember, guys, I'm sexy. I'm sexy. I was on Broadway. I can do a dance. I was Link Larkin. Um, My review of this song can be basically summed up in, Sir, you are no prince. Like, he Mm -hmm. is trying, and I think he fails miserably. See, okay. I mean, you are correct. That is the correct response. I liked this song i like this production number Mm -hmm. as if it were implanted into moulin rouge yeah you know that's the vibe it had taking it taking it out of context i really liked it i thought like gwyneth and him had some good chemistry he didn't sound bad i thought he sounded Um, kind of actively bad in that opening falsetto and that opening falsetto, not I think he's not like my once he dropped that falsetto that he was doing when the song first opened, it got better, especially when it was them like duetting. But his opening, yes. like it, it just didn't sound good or right to hear him doing the first right. couple lines. And that, since it's the first thing you hear, I was kind of like, ooh, I'm not going to enjoy this. Right, man, my complicated feelings over this. Yeah. Let's three hear minute segment of a glee song no that that's really it is like i agree with everything you said and i still stand by like okay i enjoyed it was this fun song to watch well. them tango i liked hearing their voices mix when they were doing it but i did not yeah. like first of all i basically am uh, uh, repulsed by will schuster as a sexual being i don't know why the show wants us to of think course. of it all the time um but i don't like it of course my question is why do people love tangos so much I don't know. Why are people throwing tangos in everything? There's always a tango. And, uh, and that reminded me of my point that I forgot, which yes. is I like the idea of sort of uh, appropriating this to be a sort of tango. Cool concept. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah. not for here, though. I just, people are always throwing tango. Like, I like can think of is um, Joel Schumacher's version of Phantom. Where they keep like I Past don't even the point remember of no what return song was a tango. Yeah, and sud- and suddenly they're cutting to tango dancers all the time, and you're like, why are these Yo, here? I actually really love that. I love why that. Why are they there though? Everyone know. just is like, oh, because I mean, because it's Don Juan, so it's going to be sexual. But yeah, but those Ladies. it's not even like the two main characters. It's not like the Phantom and Christine are tangoing though. It's just some other people in the background of that song doing a tango. I just think people are too liberal with their tangos. <laughs> You're entitled to your opinion. It's 2012. Um, um, I do like the Will Holly pairing. I like that they end that like sexualized tango with a kiss. Um, yes, very we good. We do have your typical like, oh, you're too much of a good man. I would ruin you. Like I'm damaged goods. Right. She I'm, says. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's like a very tropey plot, but it's fine. My two things with just that last beat alone. Mm-hmm. Why are they making out in front of the band? Yep. Those are children. Those are children. Two, she she says something along the lines of like, I snap nice guys like, guys like Ritz crackers. And I'm like, a man wrote this scene. Yep. Will is like, says to her directly like, oh, I want you so bad. And I'm like, eh. Here? Okay. Yeah. I'm like, this is not the time. You got to stop in front of the kids. these conversations at school, guys. Nah. Cut to Blaine 
approaches Bert at his shop. Yes. They talk cars, and my note here is, guy shit. Yeah, Blaine, once again, being written as just the perfect boy, because even... He's even got something he can bond with Bert over because he knows he knows boy things about cars. Exactly. He mentions Dalton doesn't have a sex ed class, which Why? I do not believe. I don't believe I don't it believe either. That. But it's I not guess... even like you have to make everyone uncomfortable with like separating the boys and the girls or whatever. No, it's an all boys school, and you're not going to teach them anything about safe sex. Come okay. on. Um. Okay. This was another one of those Glee scenes where like I tried to just. Think about it happening in the real world. Like, okay, imagine you're an adult and your son's classmate comes up to you and is like, hello, I'm a person. I'm a person you've only maybe met once. You need to have a sex talk with your son. And you're first of all, wild thing to happen. And then you're like, you, the adult are like, Ugh, can't you do it? 16 year old boy. Right. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, And I think you named the exact reason why like this otherwise like pretty valid conversation this scene that could have totally been again it's very after school special but yeah. it could have had a lot more weight if it wasn't that exact scenario that you described right it's weird kurt i mean bert by the end and it leads to a, i think a good scene later but and bert's very yeah. much very calm during it and very kind of resigned as he has been with a lot of things when it comes to figuring out how to navigate kurt's sexuality um right and he has a very, like, Blaine is like, oh, I'm sorry if I'm, I hope I'm not overstepping. And then he just goes, like, very, like, you are. Like, yeah. and he is. Blaine is overstepping. It's a weird thing to go to an adult and demand that they have a sex talk with their child. But exactly. Especially when the first time you met said adult was when you woke up hungover. In, in his bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's a weird situation. I guess it, it's means to an end that Glee couldn't figure out a better way to get Bert to do that without having right. perfect boy Blaine step in and do it, but okay. Okay. Um, cut to landslide. This is a turning point for this show. Yes. I think. I think this is a full turning point because it is taking the Brittany Britanna pairing and mm-hmm. I think fully shifting it from what was literally a joke to like a real relationship with real emotions. Yes. Totally. And that weight hits here. I will say, uh, it's weird that they performed it in front of the whole Glee Club. I mentioned this a minute ago. This is such yeah. like an emotional moment for both of them that it felt like it should have been something they were maybe just doing in that sharing circle instead of sure. in front of everyone. Especially sure, if totally. Santana's trying to keep this kind of revelation on the DL. Right. Because that was not on the DL, baby. Everyone could read what was nope. going. Except for Sam, who did not seem to be picking up what they were putting down. Right over the head. Sam is fully like, oh my god, isn't it great that those are two such gal, like, such great gal pals. Right, like, man, our girlfriends are such good friends, isn't that swell? Sam has the energy of he could walk in on two women kissing and being like, isn't it great that they're such good friends? Like, (laughs) yep. what I found interesting Um, in him saying that to Artie is it seems like Artie looks looks at Sam like he is dumb, but also has no apparent... Um, reaction that no negative reaction to seeing his girlfriend, um, right. sing a a love duet with her very close friend Santana. So like, does he know? But maybe just doesn't care. Maybe this is something him I and mean, Brittany have talked about. You read my mind there because I could totally see if they're truly as as um 
uh, what's the word? Communicative? That. Mm-hmm. If they're truly as communicative as they say they are, then they probably have talked about, like, yeah, I had this thing going with Santana, and, like, I like this much better because we can right. talk like this. And it's probably a little complicated for me still because I, yeah. it was such a wild thing. I don't understand already... what our feelings are for each other. And Ari's right. like, you know, that's fine. I, I, yeah. I appreciate you yeah, being like, honest with me. Like, this is, again, good guy Artie here. Right. He spun the wheel. He's a good guard. We're giving good Artie a lot of credit right now. A lot right of credit. <laughs> but, um, this is assuming th- all of that. That being said, great cover. Great cover. Excellent choice for these three women. Too much um, too Harmonies much Holly, are tight. Not enough Santana and Brittany for me. I think I would have preferred one of the girls on the lead instead of Holly. But Valid. Uh, really liked it. Santana's face during all this, like, watching Santana, like, realize the depth of her feelings for Britney in the middle of singing this Stevie Nicks song is Man. it's so good. Their face acting was beautiful. Naya Vera. They were so making some very serious and meaningful eye contact and it was very good. My pro and my only pro my bigger problem with it was like Holly was not playing the guitar. Gwyneth Paltrow was not no. finger syncing at all. No. Because there was no guitar in half of that song. Nope. It was the banjo. <laughs> Come on. Which you did see someone playing the banjo in the back, though, and I'll give them that. Oh, they, they got a yeah, banjo. Yeah, good for them. Um, Half a point. Then they finish singing, and Rachel uses the phrase sapphic charm. Right. And then Santana gets, like, defensive. Like, no, you can't put any labels right. on me. But as a result, the cel- the celibacy club grew. Yes. Puck is there now because he was scared straight. And Mazel Tov, not one person in this club has had an unwanted pregnancy in over a year. Yeah, and you know what she says to that? Emma says, congratulations, girls. You get tensies for menzies. Because menzies is a fun, cute little name for getting your period that I've always oh hated. God. And this did not make me like oh. it more. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Um. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> So Emma is like, we get our chance to show about why we love abstinence so much through the power of song. And Here's the thing, though, before we yeah. get to that. Yes. And I hate to bring it up again, but this was the scene where I realized the dark, dark, tragic irony of the Mark Salling of it all. Mm-hmm. This was the scene where I was like, oh, no. Yeah. That's all I will say about it. And as you should, I had the same realization when I was, like, scanning the Wikipedia page before I watched all that. And I was like, uh-oh, we're in for trouble yep. today. Yep. Um, but yes, let's talk anyway. about this next iconic performance. Puck is like, um, but won't it sound not balanced because it's the three of you girls and me, just one guy? And Emma's like, don't worry, I've got a plan. And then we cut and to his name John, is John Stamos, Stamos on the drums. Does John Stables actually drum? Was there a reason to put him there? Who cares? Okay, here's the thing. This performance, iconic. Um, <laughs> iconic. Oh, man. They are singing. They come in with, like, a Partridge Family motherfucking looking cover of the song Afternoon Delight. John Stables on the drums. I don't know why. All the girls are wearing full floor leg skirts. They're all doing like that arm movement that I can't like quite describe because it's very much like, like you're, you're singing with your arms, but also like you look like you might take off on flight yes. at any moment. It's like, it's a lot of like, like, 
pushing the waves pushing away. Pushing the waves. It's very Disney princess. Disney princess, like, you're feeling the like, beat, and also maybe you're praising the Lord, like. Yes. There's giant projections of various desserts in the background. <laughs> so many desserts. It's just oh like. Oh, my God. And then Puck is doing something with his face. You just have to go and watch. <laughs> this is one of those performances that, honestly, very funny and also managed to sound pretty good. Yeah. Like, Lee doesn't oh do too many, co- like, four comedy performances that also end up don't sounding like jokes. The Puck is And then on like, top go of watch that. Every, go watch everyone in that scene again. Pause the episode, watch it, come back to us. And pun intended yeah. somewhat, the cherry on top of this was Brittany just being so fucking into it. Brittany loved it. Will and Holly are exchanging glances because they heard the opening notes to Afternoon Delight and were like, and they went, oh me? no. <laughs> oh my god. The song ends and then Holly is like, hey. Hey, Holly here. <laughs> that kind got of a, me. Holly here. Kind of a weird choice for a song if you're trying to talk about abstinence. And Emma, where she got this information, I don't know. She was like, this song was written for the bicentennial. No, it wasn't. <laughs> That's just not true. And she, and Holly is like, no. No, it's about sneaking out for a nooner, which is the wildest term ever. A nooner, which Emma goes, yeah, of course, a nooner when you have dessert in the Dessert afternoon. at noon. <laughs> She's like, No. no. God, it was apparently like, an afternoon delight is something with like ice cream and marshmallows and coconut. She truly breaks she, down yeah, over this. She's, she's like, it's a this is the hill dessert. that Emma is dying on today. And she's like, Carl, back me up. And he was like, can you please help me have sex with my wife? Right. Um, like, please. We would like to see you in your office hours. Carl asking Holly for sex advice really like confirms that perhaps only five adults can live in this town at a time so because (laughs) holly rushed into town there's no longer a valid licensed therapist where they can go speak so they're like hey substitute sex ed teacher do you have office hours for adults that's not a real thing that happens oh man what is this bullshit timeshare right like, I'm like, you can't ask anyone else. You have to ask the bad substitute teacher how to ha- get right. your wife to have sex with you. No. <sighs> Wild scene, anyway. tip to bottom. Yep. Um, we cut to Bert with his own pamphlets. Yep. Kurt has big David Rose energy here, mm-hmm. which I love. There, And this is where, like, another sort of very real but yeah. valid... Um, not for comedy's sake, like, not bumbling, like, right. pretty on-the-money scene between father and son about, like, sex and vulnerability versus right. intimacy, um, or rather, sex versus intimacy and vulnerability. I'm not gay, so I'm, I can't mm-hmm. say that I can say whether or not his idea of, like, two men together, if, like, one guy traditionally is not going to really think sex means anything— then what about two guys? You're really like, right. you could really like throw yourself under a bus there with your self-esteem and all. And I was like, oh, dang. Yeah, I think Bert's really rocking with some outdated and slightly like Midwestern middle-aged man repressed energy. Um, right. Because that's not, that's just big old like stereotyping in general, which is like, here's the thing. Uh, this scene, I think really hits that same sweet spot that Bert and Kurt scenes often do, which is Bert's general, like, 
I am uncomfortable, but I'm going to learn and do right by you because you're my son and I love you. Even if he misses the mark a little bit, he's trying and he's willing to open the dialogue at least. And he makes some good points about like, you are worth so much. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to think, and like, this is like the real, real of it. Like, I don't want you to think any less of yourself because you're giving yourself to someone that person deserves to be the right person for you that was right the rest of his speech a little heteronormative but like what do you expect from from like it was heartfelt if slightly misguided he was like i'm not going to talk about the mechanics of sex with you read your pamphlets and we'll talk about it later which like fair enough and Bert and uh, Kurt rather actually appreciates that. Yes, he's clearly uncomfortable through the whole thing, but he sits and listens. And I think, as always, that pairing is very well done, and we like yeah. that relationship. Cut to Carl and Emma having problems. Yeah, this is really the Emma is a virgin plot, which no one asked for. Has this is like the worst part of it for me? It is. This whole scene was bad. For I did the only part about it I liked is Holly trying to stress like, hey. I'm not, I'm a not a doctor. I maybe shouldn't be the person you're talking to about this. Right. And it gets real, real quick. Also, shout out to the uh, whiteboard behind her that just has repeated lines of, I will not laugh during yes. sex education. I did clock that. Very I did good. like that. Um, um, and she's like, what do you mean you're not having sex? He's hot and you're 30. Yeah. Um. And here's the thing. And Emma, like... John Stamos is like, I can't even touch her. And he goes to, like, put a hand on her shoulder. And she, like, giggles and, and recoils. Like, it's like she's being tickled, like. And it's very, it's a weird reaction. And the worst part about this to me is that Holly's solution for this is, hmm, are you, do you think you're afraid of sex because you're still in love with Will Schuster? I'm like, that. That's where it got real. That does not feel like, based on what Emma is showing right now, I don't think the, it seems like a really flippant resolution of what they're calling this big Emma is afraid of sex-ish, like, issue. And even if that, let's say that is the thing, and of course in this case it is, time and place, Holly, come on. Time and a place, don't maybe say that in front of her current husband. Um, But whatever, my lips are sealed. Like your legs. Like your legs. Very inappropriate thing to say, and she does at least acknowledge that. Yo, she's... I mean, again, Holly Holiday in this episode. 10 out of 10. I, just, I love it. I don't like the idea that Emma is afraid to have sex with her John Stamos' husband because somehow she knows Will Schuster has a magical dick that it's the only one she'll ever want. <laughs> Not a magical dick. Magical abs. And Oof. I don't like that, and it feels like... I don't like this new character path for Emma. No, I'm I'm with you on that. I I totally agree with you. Holly Holiday, hilarious. Holly Holiday, hilarious. Is this when John Samuels is like, I'm going to go live in the Radisson. You can have the condo. Yes. So. Yes. The Radisson, where all guest stars go to die. Oh no. No, I think I'll be back. This is not the last of That's our. So John funny Stamos. though. Oh man, I love that. Um. Anyway. Back to the hallway. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm just thinking, like, I cannot stress this enough. I am not a doctor. Right. Um, yeah, that was the best part of the scene is Holly's acknowledgement that this is a fucking weird thing to do. And right. maybe you should talk to someone like, who actually knows shit, not me, a bad substitute teacher with no like mouth filter. When she's the grounded one, you know you're in for a fucking ride. Oh, my God, I know. She's like, see, a real, <sighs> your legs are closed. I wouldn't, see, a real doctor wouldn't have said that. 
<laughs> that was very good. She's yes. good for Gwyneth. Good for Gwyneth. Um, anyway, cut to the hallway. Santana's done a lot of thinking. Yeah. And um, she kind of has this really vulnerable moment where she says, I'm a bitch all the time because I'm angry, because I have all these feelings, and I'm afraid of dealing with the consequences. Because it's 2011 in Ohio. Right. And having gay thoughts is not exactly cool no and even though britney's like you're cooler than anyone in the school you could take on anything she's like yeah but i don't necessarily like know if i want to but she does like lay all of her feelings out on the line for um for britney and yeah good and on and it's really i think a nice moment where britney's like i reciprocate your feelings but my relationship with Artie, she doesn't say it quite as, as eloquently as I'm going to say it, but she's basically like, my feelings for Artie are also real, and that relationship is fulfilling for her right now, so she's not, like, wanting to break up with Artie just so she can jump into a relationship with Santana. She's still committed right. to that relationship. Which I love. Yeah! This felt very real in a good way. Yes. Like, um, it's sweet that she says, if Artie and I ever break up and, like, by chance you're still single, I'm yours santana saying like i have to accept that i love you like mm-hmm. this feel like this very much felt like investing in that turning point for the series like yeah. you were saying like i this episode in like as a whole it felt like it got a lot done yes it did enough. um it did i guess lauren calls puck a nerd yeah there's like a little um, bit like a finishing up with the plot the puck lauren pairing plot where Lauren's like, why'd you join Celtic Club? And then Puck says something, I guess, that validates their relationship, and they both decide to take it slow, not make a sex yeah. tape. And also, Lauren will also join Celibacy Club? Right. And it was and it was Puck saying, I, I now have to think about the consequences. Mm-hmm. I spend so much time not thinking about consequences, yeah. and here we are. Puck shows and if that makes me a nerd, fine. A little bit of emotional maturity. and And that's what draws Lauren in, and that's cool and then like we cut and apparently all of glee club has joined the celibacy club which i don't think was supposed to be the point of the sexy lesson but they're like literally Uh, all there that's a good point too why did they all join the celibacy club they already have a club what time is this yeah yeah and rachel's in Um, charge now which i mean i buy that because there was that episode where she is like in all of the clubs in the yearbook well she only joined celibacy club to literally spy on quinn because she doesn't trust what their relationship with finn is like and for good Understandably reason so. as it turns out because we're back to finn and quinn making out yes. on the bed yeah, they're keeping he's a... got to be better with that hickey placement yes. and that's the glee club almost catches her because of that they're hooking up on the down low they're not telling anyone um quinn makes an offhand comment like this is perfect we'll be able to still be like king and queen of prom and finn's like yeah but that's not that's not all this is right and quinn's like no of course um we didn't really see a lot of either of them in this episode so this is just like a surprise little plot addition at the end which i thought was interesting yeah and i mean and i know you've seen the series the Mm -hmm. whole series so you know better than i would but i'm genuinely kind of wondering it does quinn have an agenda here right or like or or does she actually seem interested in pursuing something serious with finn um right because i could see it going either way or no way at all this and this really sets that up so i guess this is just like a little end of episode treat to see where the quinn finn plot's gonna go 
Right. And I was like, ah, great, the end of the episode. And then it wasn't. And then it wasn't. Again, these false endings. Yep. Um, Holly comes to say goodbye again. She's going to go teach algebra somewhere. Right. Perfect. Love it. She gets. Fucking love it. She gets. Want to see that. Fired as a sub because she traumatized the children with her sex her sex class gotta make sure these dances are fin proof yep which is a bonkers thing to say because when have you ever been like yeah finn's kind of a bad dancer right? that has never been a plot point it's been like a vague plot point it's mostly just because cory monteith is a bad dancer so they have to kind of right. keep working it in a little bit but yeah and this is where holly and will decide they're going to be a thing they're now gonna give it a shot as holly puts it yeah Holly knows a lot about sex, but now she needs to learn about romance. And Will's an expert on that, he says. Because he's, he's an excellent educator. Yeah. Really. Disgusting. Which, I mean, objectively not true either. Yeah. Also, oh. he's his relationship involves one high school romance that ended in divorce and a failed attempt to get together with Emma. So, Which Holly calls out in this episode yeah, at one point, right? I think so. So, I don't know what evidence they have that he's an expert on romance, but okay. Whatever. An episode that was, like, not as bad as it was when I was watching it. It definitely had some moments, but the cringe levels were still high. And most of them had to do with Will. Oddly enough, I really liked this episode. I am obsessed with the afternoon delight scene, I will say. Iconic. It is. You're right. It's so funny. Makes me hungry for pie. Yeah, who doesn't love a little dessert in the afternoon? Ooh, yes, please. Hold on, real, I have to find out. Afternoon delight dessert? It doesn't... Oh, I guess there is something called a chocolate afternoon delight. Okay. Or something else with r grilled pound cake. Okay, it's not like... Oh, you can also make it in lemon. It's not... Ooh. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Related searches include both cool desserts... And bad desserts, so unclear which one this one falls into. I was going to say, it feels like it could truly go either way here. Uh, speaking of afternoon delights, though, let's talk about the music in this episode. Bad, yep. bad segue. Um, we have plus in my one, book. two, three, four, five whole songs um, this episode, um, which include Do You Want to Touch Me, Animal, Kiss, landslide and afternoon delight ian it is your job now to take one of these songs buy it for a dollar 29 because they were all released to singles and uh put it on your ipod for your afternoon walk to class which one are you gonna go with i'm gonna go with landslide yeah i'm not surprised by that information i mean i just genuinely love the stevie nicks version yeah. of that song i think the chicks version is great um my friend joe covers it and like it's one of the most beautiful renditions of any song ever um, yeah yeah so i'm going with that what's what one about more you? version here's the thing i i was like i probably have an answer but i'm looking at it now and i'm really not sure i feel like there's a time in my life where it would have been the cover of animal but now I right. I don't think that's true anymore, especially listening to it again so recently, where the auto tune was, like, Through kind of out of control in a way that I was like, this is mm, pretty not not what I want. And as much as I like the song Afternoon Delight, I don't think I really want the Glee cover of that. Uh, I already had the cover of it from Anchorman on my iPod at one point, which is an embarrassing fact. So, I guess I also am going to go with Landslide. I think that was the best song. By process of elimination. Well, it was either. I'm certainly not going with Will Schuster singing Kiss. And I don't Kiss, like that yeah. Joan Jett song enough to want to spend money on it. So Landslide it is. 
a good song, right. a worthy song to have on one's iPod. Totally, totally. Ugh. What an episode. Anyway, and if you want to know more about the show, the show is yes. at Glee Aggressive on the social media platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, Gleeaggressive at gmail.com if you want to write in uh, long form at us. Yeah. Um, what should they write in about this week, Karina? Um, this week, uh, write in and tell us uh, about uh, your favorite dessert to eat in the afternoon. Yes. Or alternatively, mm. your favorite song ever sung by the Brady Bunch, because that's really the vibes I was getting there. Right. I don't think I can name a single song sung by the Brady Bunch, but I'd be fascinated to know. Yes. Educate us about the Brady Bunch. Yes. Right in. Send us your, your term papers on, on the Brady, the Brady Bunch. Bunch. Oh, that would be... I might have opened a bad can of worms there. Um, Where can people find you on the social medias if they want to? If you're looking for me on social media, you can find me everywhere, which is TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. At Epic Adventure of, that is the handle. You will find me there. It's fine. Um, Ian, where can people find you? You can find me at iBroski on Twitter and Instagram, at iBrods on TikTok, uh, ianjbrodski.com. Also fine. Also fine. You know, we're in January of 2022. It's coming up on year three of our global pandemic. Fine is yeah. pretty good for right now. You know, yeah. Yeah, could be worse. Could absolutely could be better. Could certainly be better. Um, well, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, you can watch the next episode and join us next time, where we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 16, entitled Original Song. Ian, we're going to regionals. Oh, dang. We're going to regionals, and the title of the episode is Original Song. So I want you to marinate on that one for a little bit soaking it in soaking it in yep uh so join us next time when we'll be discussing whatever that will be and ian that means i do have to ask did this episode of glee make you want to watch the next episode of glee yeah okay i'm I'm in i'm in for the ride i mean at this point we're like you're so close to you're already this far into season two like it's hard to exactly the momentum is strong (laughs) 